Hi, and welcome to The Theology Box, a podcast dedicated to seeing how God fits into the world we live in. We hope you enjoy your time with us today, where theology is the conversation. Okay, hello everybody. Uh, welcome again to The Theology Box. We're actually, oh, where theology is the, the conversation. conversation. That's true. That's <laughs> we're, uh, today we're at uh, Zusa Pacific University using one of their library study rooms. Yes, we are. And um, I think... My microphone is way too low for how low I'm talking. So. Oh, dear. Yeah. So I'll just turn it up. Ooh, that looks good. <laughs> that looks better anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very good. Yeah. So uh, normally I have a microphone stand, but today I'm holding the microphone like I'm a rapper. So let me, uh-huh. let me lay down something for you. Yo. Uh, we're here. Yeah, <laughs> talking about theology, about when Adam and Eve ate the fruit from the tree. The fruit. <laughs> no, we're not talking about okay. that. Okay, but um, <laughs> very good, very good. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good for start. Uh-huh. I guess whenever you're beginning something, you have to go back to Genesis, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, start from the the basics. Start from the start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the singularity. <laughs> mm. Let's go way back. <laughs> Actually, there's a science article about this kid that um, he's like 12 or something. Uh-huh. And he wants to um, prove the existence of God. Okay. Through science. Uh-huh. Or, um, yeah, so that's going to be his like premise. But he thinks his, his basic idea is that it takes more faith to believe in the um science what i think most scientists believe um that are atheists anyway is mm-hmm. that something came from nothing initially yeah so yeah. um or although he does mention something about something always existing eternally uh-huh. which um i think points to the singularity and some of the problems that are in that thought uh-huh. some of the complications not problems but like the complications that arise from the idea of a singularity okay and then i read a different article about this this guy is like thinking we're actually in a black hole (laughs) yeah and that all other black holes are portals to other worlds because inside of each one is a universe so that was kind of an interesting thought too and it explains it's like that's and i think using like mathematic principles you're saying like that explains the cosmic background microwave background oh what is it called um yeah i'm not sure the radiation okay yeah Yeah. so um i was like that's cool Mm -hmm. i could live in a black hole (laughs) yeah i mean there's one at the center of our galaxy anyway so we might as well be inside one as well yeah i don't know i'm not against it maybe that's what that uh song was about supermassive black hole oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah for sure you know what i'm talking about I, I do know the song. I can't think of how it sounded. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't is know. Is it by it. the Black Keys? Um, it's escaping me right now, but mm. it's, just, yeah. it's like we have the internet and we just ignore it. <laughs> We're like, yeah, what is that thing? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but speaking of music, like from the band that wrote "Super Massive Black Hole," <laughs> today we actually pre-programmed the show a little bit uh-huh. for at least a whole minute 
we yeah. talked about <laughs> what we're gonna be talking about uh-huh and um we're gonna we were kind of landed on um well mark suggested we um maybe talk about uh poetry and yes. um my poetry in particular but he also writes poetry so we'll get into that too sure a uh, little beknownst to him <laughs> no, <I> th- <laughs> now be now be known to me yeah now be known to him <laughs> and uh so i was thinking maybe we'll just talk about creativity in general and then just start focusing on the specifics of a uh, poetry and projects that we're both working on because we both work on different creative projects as yeah well, um as well so um did you find the verse for ephesians yes i did oh, okay. so in ephesians two ten. We read, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Right. And um, I remember, uh, it was one of the first things that I learned when I became a Christian, was that the word for uh, workmanship, God's workmanship, is actually the Greek for, um, not for, but the Greek word poema, Mm. which is poem. Or workmanship. Yeah. So um, I always like the imagery there that we're God's poetry um, working together for good mm. in Christ. So, um, and that resonated with me because by that time I had already thought of myself as a as a poet, uh, even though if you read my poems from that time, you would not think of me as a poet. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Although... Uh, uh, if I'm going to be critical, I'd say that maybe I wasn't as bad as I think. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. If I was going to be critical of other people. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I'm a terrible person. Um, I think I think holding the microphone like this makes me definitely <laughs> feel more <laughs> like, I don't know, like I'm talking into it. Uh-huh. Like, like, yeah. Let me, let me, let me lay down this fat thought. <laughs> uh. Um, yeah so anyway um yeah well i guess we could talk about my poetry first because that's the easiest thing for me to talk about yeah sure okay um and i think what prompted you was that i just put um together a, a book on biblio board uh-huh. which is um the los angeles county library website mm-hmm. they have um if you're a lot loop yes come Um, again yes um if if you're a los angeles county library card holder (laughs) that's a mouthful yeah um then you can log into their website and check to see what books are available at their physical stores but you can also look at ebooks that are available yeah it's pretty cool yeah it's pretty cool and they have a section for local authors Mm -hmm. um from I think just California specifically. Yeah, I think it would probably, I mean, I, I don't know it as much yeah, as you like, do, but I think that sounds right. Yeah, it's like indie indie authors from California. So um, me being an indie <laughs> author from California, uh-huh. I was wondering, well, maybe I can submit something here. And, and lo and behold, there was a way for me to submit my work. Yeah. And uh, so within the last short span of time uh-huh. so, <laughs> so in uh, so in 2019 uh-huh. <laughs> I guess you could even say August 2019 uh-huh. I um, 
I put my book of poems out there and then normally I, I I've done a lot of stuff like that and then I don't post it on my Facebook that I've done such a thing uh-huh. so this time around I went ahead and put it on and um and Mark saw it yeah and he read some of it or all of it I don't know uh I read most of it mm-hmm. and skimmed a few parts okay uh but I I mean I recognize a few of the of your older mm-hmm. writings uh near the end uh but I I think it was a refreshing uh experience just to hear or to read but also like in some way in a poetic way to hear mm. the lyrics that uh i guess more recently you've put together which oh, w- yeah. w- it, sh- it seemed to evoke different images or or at least evoke them in a different way in this you know chapter of your life compared to things i've read before yeah i think i definitely matured in that aspect and and um and everything that's in that book and i think even the previous one there's like significant signs of growth mm-hmm. okay. and then like before that it's there's like these like i would say that like my writing productivity was like i wrote a lot as a teenager when you're dealing with teenage emotions uh-huh. um and then in between that time like i'd write stuff and here and there yeah but yeah. it was really fairly un- undeveloped and then in the last two to three maybe four or five years uh-huh. Um, I just really kind of have been trying to push the envelope a little further on like what I think about these things and, mm-hmm. and try to find a, a way to describe it without, cause I'm really not interested in writing, uh, mm, like a documentation, right. Of an event, you know, it's just observation and feeling. So I'm, I'm still trying to work through emotion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like s- trying to signify why I feel that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you mentioned, um, I think break, breaking the code to gain entrance is uh-huh. one of your favorites. <laughs> no, I don't know if you, <laughs> that's not what you said. <laughs> oh, but just as a side note, uh, off of something that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. I think the ability to paint a picture through your words and have the picture evoke emotions perhaps instead of like specifically mentioning those emotions can have an even greater effect on the reader um yeah just giving a tangible image or a tangible experience that is then like connected with emotions can can be as effective or more effective than like being i guess maybe being as explicit of of what you're like trying to to um you know talk about or have comments on yeah it's kind of like in the um it's like the difference between watching a youtube video and like i watch a lot of youtube videos probably far too many (laughs) okay but and most of them are informative to some extent Uh uh-huh but um so a lot of those videos are, are chess videos oh, okay. uh, to learn chess theory. And uh, uh-huh, yeah. I would recommend chess network, chess network to anyone that, well, you know, watches YouTube, uh-huh. wants to learn how to play chess. Check out Jerry. He's cool. But, um, nice. yeah, he's really good. Mm-hmm. And then, but there's a difference between that and watching the movie searching for Bobby Fisher. <laughs> okay. Which have you seen it? No, I haven't seen oh, it. That's pretty good. It's not even about Bobby Fisher at all, <laughs> Okay. but it's, um, it's about Josh Waitzkin. Was he the 
younger person he was a kid yeah he was a kid when he started yeah. and he was really really good and um he kind of gave up chess um at least he competing at the um like the higher levels because i don't know if he felt like he couldn't make it or he just became dis disinterested in it i think it was a combination of the both but okay. he's the one that helped develop um teaching programs inside of the chess master uh, game series there's like the chess master okay. 3000 4000 5000 i think it's all the way up to 8000 or 9 and uh, so he helped develop uh -huh. um like the little instructional tutorials inside of that mm. and actually through that actually taught me a lot about chess because of it because i used to play it yeah 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 and um yeah so that that you know you feel a lot of a lot of different things for the game of chess okay. than I ever would knowing Alakine's opening or mm. the Sicilian or, you know, it's like, I know those things, um, barely not as good as a real uh -huh. master would, but I know what they are. I, I can okay. identify um, yeah, yeah. the Roy Lopez, you know, <laughs> okay, yeah, sure, no, whatever, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> right? But when you see Josh Waitzkin under the uh, tutelage of, I think it's, uh, Spassky, but I, I could be wrong about that. Okay. I think I am wrong about that. <laughs> Definitely wrong about that. No. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Thing. Well, anyway, there's um one of these grandmasters that's actually really well known that I can't remember the name of is instructing, in quotes, instructing. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it's in the movie, so it's an actor. Okay. I, I forget the actor. He, like, he tells Josh Waitzkin, like, don't move until you see what you need to do in your mind. Okay. Like, and so there's this like this quote where he's like, "Don't move until you see it," mm. and and it reaches this p climax where there's this energy where the uh, grandmaster gets really frustrated because Josh is like, "I can't see it," and he's like like he's trying to tell him to see it yeah. so he says here maybe this will help and he knocks all the pieces <laughs> off the chessboard <laughs> oh my goodness yeah and the mother walks in and she asks him like you're not going to teach my son anymore because <laughs> you know, like he did it angrily uh -huh, you know? uh -huh. and um like it actually ends up helping him win the tournament <laughs> you know but that's all the narrative of the movie uh -huh. but that that feeling of frustration and not being able to visualize and see something in chess and that moment of frustration from you know, a student and teacher mm -hmm. is all very much more helps you appreciate the game of chess than knowing the Roy Lopez. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You That's what I you mean. mean. Yeah. Uh -huh. Unless you play and then you can experience it all firsthand, but mm -hmm. for the outside, you know, for the one who sees it from the outside. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, this poem that I wrote, um, I actually wrote, so should I give background or read it? Should I read it? Should uh, it's not that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah go for okay. it. <laughs> it goes like this. Uh, there are many voices I cannot hear, as collective as we are, as much as we try to share. There are still many voices left unheard, born upon the back of a blistering wind, a delicate balance and powerful suggestion, destroying homes while setting the crooked path straight again. There is a fire burning through verdant hills, while the poor are huddled under cobalt tarps. Each one carries their own crisis, 
while in the tope of suburbia the time passes uneventful, hidden. There is a highway that connects Beverly Glen to south-central LA, composed of concrete, congested with traffic, surrounded by high-rise towers and office buildings covered in spotless windows that glimmer like the Pacific at sunset. There is an intangible wall etched into the topography, formed by inheritance, ambition, and a myriad of ethics, separating the bases of destitution from the spires of prosperity. And in a vagrant community, I have seen embers of love, sparks of genius misfiring into insanity, while the same sparks from a wealthier mind become images the world receives on a screen. And I wonder if I can any longer tell the difference. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. So um, that was actually... Um, so the background for that. Yeah, is, yeah. Tell um, us a little bit about it. So I exist, right? <laughs> right, right. Okay, On okay. this temporal plane. Okay. No, so. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess. You think, therefore, you are? Yes. Is that how it goes? That's like, where it all began. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, uh, you know, it's actually f from doing Postmates. Oh, okay. It Interesting. It kind of starts there, but it also travels through my time doing TaskRabbit mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, Tackle, but TaskRabbit was more influential. So TaskRabbit is, um, for anyone who's not familiar with either app, uh -huh. Postmates is a food delivery app, and the major market is downtown LA. Yeah. It also wasn't open to people out here for for me to deliver food to uh, in uh, this Laverne Azusa area. Uh -huh. It is now, so I don't go downtown as much. Mm -hmm. um, so I was downtown every day to do that. Wow. And when I'm delivering food, uh, I'm like delivering to Compton uh -huh. from to Silver Lake, which is actually a fairly nice area, to Beverly Glen, which is like okay. the, the hills above Hollywood, which, mm. you know, it's like million dollar yeah multi-million dollar homes yeah yeah and uh even certain celebrities i always talk about the one time i delivered to um if you ever saw a movie called revenge of the nerds uh i haven't yeah uh, it's there's this one character whose name is booger okay and i guess he's in like csi now or something like that i uh. forget and um yeah, I remember I delivered the food to him, and I looked at him, and I'm like... Oh, I think I remember you mentioning <laughs> I, I this before. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I walked away, and I was like, is that Booker? <laughs> <laughs> of course, I didn't say anything at the time, but... Uh -huh. um, so, so that experience kind of first got me thinking about, like, wow, the disparity mm. between, like, these multimillion-dollar homes, and then you just travel, you know, 20 minutes south, and yeah. there's, like, three guys sleeping on the sidewalk, mm -hmm. you know, covered in their own filth and yeah um and also there was this one conversation i had in azusa with a homeless guy uh -huh. and even ooh, earthquake was that an earthquake uh no it may have just been a door a door yeah jeez yeah. california <laughs> <laughs> anyway like he said that everything was a blueberry pancake right the guy in azusa he said oh was, he's like He's like, I was like, well, I mean, like what, like everything's like a blueberry pancake. He's <laughs> like, no, man, I'm trying to tell you everything is a blueberry pancake. Oh. I was like, so I was like, 
okay, this guy definitely is not all there, right? Yeah. What what's who's to say that it's not a blueberry pancake? You know, if he could write this stuff down, then maybe he would be able to publish a book, and then he wouldn't have to live on the street. You know, okay. I watch Adventure Time. You know, Mm -hmm. with um, uh, Finn the human. And yeah. Jake the dog, you know, uh-huh. and I watch things like that. So like, who, who am I to say that like that's not a good idea? Uh huh. You know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, clearly, it's not a good way to perceive <laughs> reality, but like, right. Right. you know, maybe by expressing this stuff, he can like, t- I don't know. I guess find find a some type of creative form or medium to like express some of those ideas in a. In a way that peop- a other people way. can, yeah, in a yeah. P- way that people can appreciate and that he could possibly benefit from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's kind of, so that's like the initial thought of like, why is he crazy on the street? Uh-huh. And the guy who writes Adventure Time living in a nice home, what are the connections that he made mm-hmm. that made him marketable? Uh-huh. And this guy, you know, a guy that lives on the street. So I got, I give him a pen and paper and I walked away <laughs> pretty much from that. <laughs> okay. But, um, that, that started that thought and then doing task rabbit, um, mm-hmm. it was the same thing where the only way to, for me to find work was to like accept jobs that were in Pasadena to Beverly Glen to, okay. um, Compton like, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. like just that area you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm generalizing a little bit but mm-hmm. to be specific uh, well TaskRabbit actually had a lot more jobs in West Hollywood okay. than um, and Hollywood in general uh, Silver Lake yeah that whole area mm-hmm. again and um, you you know I'm putting together Ikea furniture and also doing like plumbing and you know because I just have the skill set to do it and I, so I had to buy a bunch of tools and Blah, blah, blah. long story short um yeah it just really got me thinking like what is going on here like i'd be working for people for 45 to 60 dollars an hour mm-hmm. and i've never charged people that much but they thought i was like one of the less expensive people yeah yeah and uh-huh. so i could have charged even more and i'm just thinking what is this guy doing in this multi-million dollar home uh-huh. That clearly I have a talent and capability okay. that he needs, yeah, but yeah. yet I don't seem to have the wherewithal or the connections to sit inside of a nice home and, um, you know, have that comfort of life where uh-huh. it's like, so why don't, why haven't I been able to successfully acquire wealth? And, you know, um, this might sound too prideful, but. Like, I know my IQ scores. I know my uh, um, aptitude. Aptitude, yeah. And I remember there's this old saying that goes, it's your attitude, not your aptitude. (laughs) That determines your altitude. Ah, okay, that's good. (laughs) And I'm like, and it just is like a slap in the face. Because I'm like, my aptitude is high. My emotional... um, Intelligence? Is not as high. (laughs) 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 Okay. But, um, yeah, so this is really just a reflection on those, like, kind of the feeling feeling of disconnection from the world of people who have Mm -hmm. while living in the worlds of people who have and have not, you know, catering my services to them. Yeah. And then the desire to, like, have wealth as well and all of it. 
And um, so that's where the title, Breaking the Code to Gain Entrance, because all these people live in like mm, oh, <laughs> gated yeah, yeah. communities sure, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And uh, like, how do, how do I unlock mm. the door for my own ability to be inside of um, you yeah. know, a nice home? Yeah. But also um, the, the Malibu fires. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where the imagery of the fire mm-hmm. burning through, because I was like, you know, it's insane. These people pay a lot of money to live in that place. Mm-hmm. And then because it's so set far set in the hills, there's tinder all around them and it's all just burning. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's something the homeless don't have to worry about as much on the city streets. They're not worried about the fire forest fire raging around. Them. Right, although, right. Although the ones that choose to live in the Canyon, I think were very, very much affected. Uh huh. So, um, yeah, that's mm-hmm. kind of where that one comes from. Yeah, I think the the imagery of fire s- seems to be like connected with like unrest or I I mean like I guess historical moments where you know, like LA was burning or like you know there's like riots or upheaval of like you know people protesting something or just like kind of acting out uh you know sometimes violently but that was kind of what sparked in my mind when I was read like the, like kind of the 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 different layers that you could read into the fact that there's burning going on, uh, you know whether there's like a political or what uh, you know socio cultural uh, like tension going on. Yeah, and I um, think I think and that's kind of always like the shortcoming of explaining a poem is that you uh-huh. have your own. So it is it's interesting for me to hear actually what mm-hmm. your thoughts are. So I'm I'm sorry. Okay. Um. Well, I mean. <laughs> I, know, I interrupted you. I'm like, okay, I think, no, no, but yeah, yeah. I think that you know, like, yeah, riot, rioting can definitely be put into that, mm-hmm. with, um, the imagery and the, the well, and spe- especially because I really specify a time and place or a place more than time, but place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you kind of, you had kind of finished your thought be- as I was yeah. interrupting you. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what is wrong with me? Um, so anyway, but, uh, so that was a project that I just finished, but then we were talking about projects yeah. that we were doing that we both happen to be doing, uh, writing children's stories. So, mm-hmm. um, you shared yours with me. Yeah. So they're, they're we're going to read that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we'd have time on this segment. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I think it took me uh hour and a half to two hours. Okay. Today. Yeah. That, that's yeah. definitely the longer, yeah. the, you read the longest one that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I've written in you know the last little while, um, but yeah, there's I, I've been kind of looking back at a few um, short stories that you know over I think tw- 2012 or 2013 is when I kind of was transitioning personally from like you know writing poems in my free time to you know branching out into short stories, which I really hadn't ever done uh, up until then. Um, so over over the last couple of years, have written uh a few and you know most are just kind of in the range of maybe like 10 15 pages um and then the one that you read uh was like closer to 60 i think and and yeah t- two of them two of them are about uh about dogs and their re- their relations to the human world um one of them is with like an animated uh like framework where the you're you're hearing the dogs like thoughts and you know, 
it, yeah, it, it's you could definitely see it as like a cartoon, whereas the other one is more of like a detached human-based like you know perceptions where you're just seeing the people's actions and hearing their responses to the dog. I see. Um, <laughs> but in, in but in both cases, there's like some elements. Actually, I think throughout all my different short stories, there's some elements of like either like magical realism or like or surrealism R- real magicalism <laughs> actually that's probably the term that i was right. for. <laughs> yeah but i mean yeah so like <laughs> the main the main thing being where there's like fairly common or like not too out of the ordinary like people or places or things um but like just the i think through the use of wordplay and just imaginative like happenings uh you know that it's not necessarily like full-on fantasy or like science fiction but it's but it's just like things that are quite out of the ordinary or like kind of suspending some elements of like your normal belief uh however or however you want to put it um but i but the the main purpose of in each of them has just been the like discovering or rediscovering the joy of storytelling and I think even like the act itself of storytelling is meant to be enjoyable regardless and so like regardless of the subject so if you can find um, a story that's worth telling and that you can have fun with like uh, I don't know having it be like a malleable substance that you're able to like you know use uh, different figures of speech, or using, using metaphors, using poetic language, that evokes like the emotions that you're trying to, you know, evoke in the, that you're trying to like spark in the in the listeners. Um, so like with these kids stories, that's that's primarily, um, it's primarily been with the the focus of a joy-filled experience, um, you know, and just si- since they've been personal projects, it was never with the it's never it was never in the confines of oh you have to write it a certain way or like the plot has to develop with such and such and such uh you know these different points in it um so yeah they've been lighthearted, and I, I guess i found i found a creative outlet where i've been able to like ha- literally just have a, have a good time writing it and then have an even better time like sharing it with friends and maybe like reading out loud with others or hearing other people's thoughts on it. Um, so yeah, and, and it's also been in a way where at least with the poems that I've written in the past, they've had kind of a certain feel to them, but the the short stories are, are much more like vibrant or like I, I feel like a part of my creativity is coming out through them that's, that, that feels more like vibrant or, you know, uh, joy-filled. Well, um, yeah, no, that's actually, that's a really great way to look at storytelling. Mm. Is the, how did you put it? The malleability of it? <laughs> yeah. Something like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this is a really good example, this section, uh, in, in your book, uh-huh. Glyphcadori. Yeah. <laughs> it is the, when the princess is going to eat some bacon. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> would you mind reading it? I okay. have it here on the phone. Okay, sure. Um, I think... You just show me which... 
Yeah, I think it would paragraph or like I'll which section. I'll just. Um. Oh, this is a glyph Kadori. So, she smelled the aroma of bacon lofting into the air, and when she turned around, for she had slept facing a stream, she saw the band of travelers cooking breakfast, quite quietly, in fact. Princess Alevi strolled over to her twenty-one new friends and asked them why they were all so quiet. "'Don't you know, my dear,' said Deergold, the old man with gray hair. "'We from the Knoll like to have variety each and every day, so much so that we like to speak softly in the morning. To her it seemed like whispering. And sing and shout in the evening. Alevi could believe that all right.' "'How very pleasant,' the princess replied, while thinking to herself, "'What an odd group of foreigners!' <laughs> that's just the that's just the way we are, my dear," said Deergold, placing some smoked bacon on his plate. Actually, the plate was for a levy. Why, thank you, Deergold. Wow, this bacon is perfect. How <laughs> how did you prepare it? <laughs> that, my dear, is a secret only known to the knoll. I myself barely know it, and I'm from there. <laughs> Deergold chuckled, looking at the others, and then plopped a piece of secretly prepared bacon into his mouth. <laughs> but that doesn't make sense, said Alevi. Oh, but it does, Harold joined in. It makes wonderful sense. Just smell it. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> the, the other 20 cried out somewhat softly. <laughs> that, that part always gets me because... <laughs> anyways, huzzah! The other 20 cried out somewhat softly. All right, then, said the princess, chuckling to herself. That part always gets you, huh? Yeah, like... To this day, each each time that I've read that section out loud with others, like you see, first you, on the line, you first you see the word huzzah with the exclamation, and by by now you know that they're like shouting it out or like exclaiming it, but then the end of the line is reminding you that it's the morning and that they're saying it yeah. kind of softly, like almost whispering. Huzzah. <laughs> so that's great. Oh, that's good stuff. Um, so. Um, yeah, so like telling stories, like writing stories, I think there's like, I do want to put some moral imperative in there. Okay. No, it doesn't have to beat you over the head, right? But it has, it should show kids, you know, like, yeah. So like, even even in a fun story, you mm. can still put in, you know, treating others how they like to be treated. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, but um, yeah. So I was thinking. You, mm-hmm. your books publishing by the end of the year, yeah. you, you will most likely be using an illustrator yes. who actually helped finalize the design for the sh- this the logo for the show. Phoebe. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's Eri- right. Eriko Eri. Well, I think she just goes by Phoebe. Yeah. But her uh, name is Eriko Phoebe Sugo. Mm. And... Um, I know her from uh, the Budo no Ki church mm-hmm. in uh, Anaheim. Right, and, right. And uh, let's see. Yeah, so anyway, somebody that I met and that I think is an amazing artist. So I would encourage anybody that listens to this to check out her Instagram account, which is Sugo Studios. And... And you should follow Mark too. Why don't, <laughs> why don't you follow Mark already? That's the question. Yeah, Sugo S U G O dot Studio. Uh huh. So, everybody go follow her. Yeah, there's some fa- fantastic, uh, daily, daily ins- inspirationally yeah. 
uh, creative artwork. Yeah, and um, and she also loves doing um, the draw this in your style uh, hashtags. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, she does her own work and she does those and mm-hmm. so she's sometimes she posts more than one a day but I love her work so much that it, like it's the only it's the only Instagram I think that posts daily where I'm like like <laughs> yeah like, yeah yeah <laughs> like and I'm like uh, I can't get enough so I do want her to do my children's book too yeah but, totally um, yeah I think she'll have a wild ride with that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, uh, so but all of that to say um I was thinking to go back to our verse in Ephesians. Mm. Um, when it, you know, it made me think when we're talking about, especially the way that you talk about your own story writing, mm-hmm. like you know, me with my poetry, um, it's like a moment where I express this thing that's been building, right? Okay. But once it's done, it's done. I don't really like. Um, I do edit the my poems and stuff a, a little bit mm-hmm. you know when i read when it you know if it's like a couple of years later and i reread it and i'm like oh there's a readability issue here mm-hmm. um because i don't even know what i was trying to say anymore <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh usually that doesn't happen but it can yeah sure and um but like with you with the storytelling mm. um it's like very much the way you enjoy the formation of it mm-hmm. i thought that was really an interesting way to look at it because it, it, it is like like giving birth you know <laughs> it uh-huh. is like forming something like you're really mm. putting it together and like you're waiting to see what it looks like when you're done yeah that's that's yeah. great and um and that's kind of i really that think that like harkens to so much of the imagery in the bible about mm-hmm. um being the clay in the potter's hand yeah and um creativity in general and uh being the workmanship of god in christ is that yeah we're we're being molded and part of the joy is in the process but there's Mm. an intended product at the end yeah you know yeah and i wonder if you ask the character in one of our stories hey you know why why do you exist Uh if they'd be like i don't know because they haven't reached the end of the story yet, <laughs> you know, or maybe they would know, well, because you wrote me, or <laughs> you know, but, it, you know, um, I wonder if there's times in our lives where um, we should, so maybe this is too personal, and you, I, you know, riffing off this, I want to hear your thoughts, but mm-hmm. I think, like, for me, from the perspective, even with that thought, I think I think in an, m- too often and even an antagonistic way towards it where it's like, oh, I wish I knew where I was going. I wish I knew what I was doing. Okay. And, um, versus like going like, Hey, isn't this a fun ride? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, although I think we, we go up and down through that feeling, but it is yeah. interesting to think of it as this is, you know, I'm in the middle of the story that God is authoring mm-hmm. and I'm not just a, a character in a page that's frozen in paper or time. I'm, yeah, I'm f- freely moving as part of the God's like authoritative authoring mm, process. Okay, okay. Like God is like, yeah. and by the way, it's a choose your own adventure. Mm. So do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But you know, don't make the wrong turn. <laughs> no. 
Um, uh, that's that's an interesting whole concept of dynamics because mm-hmm. if everybody's in their own choose adventure, it influences the choices I make in my mm-hmm. own adventure. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, what? Uh, um, there's something you said that I'm trying to bring back. Um, hold on. Which <laughs> it was like right before the choose your adventure that distracted me. Oh, um. Wait, you're talking about... Oh, okay. Um, I the malleability and enjoying it throughout... Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, now I remember what I was going to say. Um, I think within the this past year in my life, and like mainly in 2019, that I've been able to find the appropriateness and like, you know, I guess beckoning call to enjoy life more and not like overanalyze or mm-hmm. like over process things but enjoy the enjoy the journey because not like not only is it just like something that we can choose to do and are and are meant to choose but it's actually like wait like waiting for us to mm-hmm. enter into the joy that is there and and there certainly are you know times more than others when it's like okay well there's a lot to deal with in life right now and all that um but I, but i've just been finding that there's much more there's there's many more reasons to enter that mode and stay in that mode and i mean it, it does take a daily decision to do that um but to daily you know i'm either going to walk on the left side of the street or the right or sometimes cross the street, <laughs> yeah. but 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 there there's there's a there's a a tangibility a tangible reality in the joy of walking with the Lord and and letting that that uh, shaping that reshaping ma- that malleable uh, part of our journey take place that is so good that it's it's like you've had these ingredients on your shelf and you can you can actually use them every day if you like yeah you know what i mean yeah 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 it's kind of like um if i catch your drift um like the workmanship aspect of us being made and us having a free will in it the the thing that he's making and the closer we can get to what we know that is and i mm-hmm. think you hit on something there it's like He's not just making make, you know, he's not making, 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 uh-huh. he's making something. Right. And, the, and I think that is the, the kingdom, um, people in the image of Christ, uh-huh. um, community, love, joy, all those things are the products yeah. of what he's making. And they're, they're, um, they they don't just come at the end. They come through the yeah yeah. And, and you could I think you could say like okay at the end there's going to be something even great, but that end is eternally happening, right? So uh-huh. it's not just like any even even the end won't be a singular event. And it's going to be like wow, this is the culmination of these things. Yeah. As they continue to grow. Uh-huh. Um. But yeah, um, I think that's really cool. I really like, um. Yeah, I like being creative. I think we're called to be creative. And I think that yeah. it, it doesn't have to be in the more 
obvious mediums of storytelling or in po- poet poetry <laughs> uh, or in poetry, but it it could, it could be in the way that you designed the layout on your um, for the clothes at Kmart, you know, mm-hmm. or um, the way that you interact with people. You know, I think that yeah. there's there's acting in a certain way that's hypo- hypocritical, and then there's mm. acting in a way that yeah, maybe you don't exactly feel a hundred percent like the happiest person, mm-hmm. but you know that you want to make the other person happy. So yeah, you're doing it. I see what you're saying out of a, the the heart of of love, and so. Mm. Yeah, you put on a happy face when you're not really feeling it or whatever. And you you have to be creative in that. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to like really think, okay, how am I going to help this person that wants their $1 cheeseburger in, in two minutes? And how can I like make their day better besides just giving them a cheeseburger? <laughs> maybe that's all I can do. But maybe the people, your coworkers that are all super stressed because everybody's demanding their food at McDonald's or mm-hmm. wherever. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you can make their day better by sticking a couple fries up your nose. I don't know. <laughs> Not any that you would serve to the customers. All the right, time. right, sure. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, Okay, that was a bad example. <laughs> I think it was all right. Yeah, yeah, but you know, just something putting a pickle on your forehead or something. Okay. I don't know. Just you know, actually, you know what's funny? I. You did that once. No. At that place you were no, working at. No, no, no. <laughs> No, for some reason I had some hamburger buns, and I don't remember who I was talking to, mm-hmm. but we were like joking around, and so I put my head in between the two buns. Was that you? No? Oh. Yeah, and it was the funniest thing for the person that saw it, and I don't remember who it was. <laughs> and it was just a moment. Like, I'm not really, yeah. you know, yeah. clearly I'm not trying to hold on to that memory, but it just <laughs> came to mind. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, you know, I think that, that it exists there and um, that it's good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, no, anyway, so yeah, thanks again for everybody for tuning in. And yeah, listening. join us next time. <laughs> we'll be we'll be right here. Yeah. On uh Waiting for you. Waiting for you. Waiting to have some theological conversations. <laughs> what is this? Make and say no. Don't use this outro. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, one more time. All right. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Uh, This has been William Carroll. And Mark Miller. And this has been the Theology Box, where... Theology is a conversation. (laughs) Thanks again for listening to the Theology Box. I want to thank my co-host, Mark Miller, as well as our music producer, Richard Liato, our artist, BB Sugo, at sugo.studios on Instagram, and Megan Napier, who manages our Facebook, where you can reach us directly. Again, this is your host, William Carroll. Uh, Thanks, and may the peace of the Lord be with you.